BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is a really loaded conversation we're having, and there is a lot of religious trauma brought up, a lot of child abuse, a lot of just really, I guess I would call psychological abuse based around LDS church stuff. And so just you be cautious if you want you want to listen or just, you know, you could always put this down and come back later if it feels like too much. There was a lady on TikTok that said you have to spray your legs with sunscreen, and that's something I never thought about. And I was like, pish posh, she's a liar. And I looked down at my legs the other day, I got freckles all over them. Yeah. I I always spray all over because I'm, I'm very fair. Cautious and I fair. I have translucent skin. You are a fairy floating through the fields, <laughs> yeah, Natalie. Yeah, that's it. That's what it is. <laughs> Uh, man, do you see Danny Masterson? Got yes. his three dimes. Man, I'm surprised he went to jail for that long. Usually they're just like, stop it. Come on. It's a whole thing. It was because of the, the victims fought and fought and fought for for years. Wow. So, yeah. I don't know if three dimes is a term, though. Through 30 years? Isn't doing a dime a term? That's I, real. I thought it was like a bag of weed. Well, a dime bag is... But I think doing a dime, yeah, no, because, you know, prison prison Natalie, prison (laughs) Natalie, that's me. You're a fairy who's also incarcerated. Yes. Welcome to someplace underneath. I'm Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. Um, Anyway, fuck Danny Masterson and yay for for that. Right. Or don't fuck him. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe no, you shouldn't. I'm so Um, mad that he was my big crush on that show. I was like, ooh, what a cutie. Why do I always pick these guys, Natalie? Like, the worst people. I mean, to be fair, I think that plenty of people had a crush on him. That's why he's famous. Oh, those 70s kids. What are we going to do with them? Topher Grace came out smelling like a daisy at the end of that. Isn't he covered in tattoos right now? I think that's a I think that's a character. Oh, it's a fake thing. I think so. Okay. Um, but I do think is what is even more productive outcome of of this is that it will continue to infect the power behind Scientology, which is my favorite part about all this. I'm obviously very thrilled. Take for them down, the Natalie. Cosplay. Like, yeah, take the, out their kneecaps. Fuck them up. Oh yeah, we, we got it. We got a Nancy Kerrigan. This. Um, <laughs> Miscavige is definitely not going to be able to um, continue to escape these court dates. And don't please don't beat anybody in the knees. 
pick up a rock and fucking joke. throw it. Shouldn't have made the joke. It's okay. Um. <clears throat> So before we start, I want to say that we are absolutely going to be covering the southern border still. That was what was on the docket next, which I had said at the uh, the you guys got a little montage of our Twitch last episode and then we were on break. But before that, we had finished um, some cop gang things. Oh, that light, easy breezy. Yeah. Episode. Yeah. 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 So, um, and we'll probably return to that subject. We've been getting a lot of emails about people wanting to talk about it, which is really interesting. And we thank you guys for doing that. Um, but we are going to bump it just back a little bit because uh, due to the historic arrest of mommy vlogger Ruby Frankie, uh, whom we covered last season, I made the, dis- the executive decision... Uh, on bumping up, revisiting parasocial exploitation. Oh, very Ruby Frankie of you. <laughs> <laughs> making, making the executive decision. Right. And mm. I, I should sleep on a beanbag, right? Uh, what does she say? She goes, I invite you to go fuck yourself. What? <laughs> she basically says, I invite you and then says something really condescending. What a bitch. Yeah, ugh. that's we're that's like the that's scratching the, the surface. Best compliment I could give her is calling her a bitch. So. If you're not familiar, Ruby Frankie, along with her cohort, Jody Hildebrandt, have been incarcerated. Um, uh, their trial's probably not going to happen quickly, but they it's looking like they may be facing like serious prison time. Wow. I will say it's the brighter side of all this of her being a mommy blogger and being abusive is it's all on camera. I mean, they have years of her openly saying, I'm not feeding my kids. I'm making him sleep on a beanbag. I'm like, they can't go to Disneyland. Like Tragically, you're right in a way. And that's been brought up a few times that even though this is going to be uh, the beginning of this revisiting of parasocial exploitation, uh, ultimately, the reason they were actually handled in any way that was fair and just was because of Ruby's um, notoriety. Because as we'll find out, uh, probably next episode a lot more, Jody Hildebrandt has been doing this to children for at least two decades. Gross. So this is something that she's been getting away with. And unfortunately, because Ruby it was exploiting her kids, it kind of led to something finally happening. Because, so yeah, the authority figures, CPS, the church were completely complicit in this area with what she was doing for a long, long time. And I bet it has something to do with the fact that she is a woman. And I want to be with the girls and I want to, like, love and embrace all women. But I'm sure some people, like, parents trusted their kids with her because they're like, she's an older woman. Yeah. She'll be fine. Yeah. And it is also a, a weirdly paradoxical because she, um, Jody Hildebrandt, the non so Ruby Frankie's the mommy blogger. Her friend, who we're going to get into all of this, her friend is named Jody Hildebrandt, and she's not a mommy vlogger. She was she's a counselor, and she is deeply enmeshed in the LDS Church. But it's weird because they are such a patriarchal system. She's one of the only women who has authority within that community, and the one woman they gave 
any authority to was doing really sadistic things, but it was sort of in the name of their doctrine. I mean, that's why they gave her power. I noticed like in those patriarchal societies, they do have a few token older women that make all the rules. Like in uh, what's in it? What's the woman's name in um in the fucking Handmaid's Tale. Oh, Bitch Magoo. What her name? Yeah, Bitch Magoo. I think right? that was it. Yeah, it's an older one. She like slaps her feet and stuff. Madeline, do you ever watch that? No. no. Her name's no. like Mother Nancy or something like that. Yeah, they have those like, and they, they assert control and the power of the, the mm. patriarchy. I right. hate that word, but they do. They assert that it's true. power. And that's why they're granted power. Yeah. Everybody's going to be so angry, like screaming the woman's name to me on the show. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, (laughs) I haven't seen that show in a while. It got a little too much for me. All right. Now I'm going to have to look it up because people are going to be so mad. Older woman handmaids. I think I was having like a bad day at work and I was just like, let me relax. And I put on the TV. It was like women getting beaten up. And I was like, no. What are you talking? What? Oh, oh, that show. Yeah, that show. (laughs) (laughs) Natalie's like, what the fuck do you mean? Uh, Aunt. What is it? Aunt Lydia. Aunt Lydia. Aunt Lydia. She just sounds like a dry dry mean yeah this is unfortunately partly it shouldn't be this way and i don't i'm not grateful that ruby was vlogging so that these people would be caught but it is sort of all intermeshed in all of these different branches of fucked up things that culminates in uh these horrific acts and we'll talk a little bit more about that but the overall um charges are like very Violent child abuse, like torture, basically child torture oh, is what these child women. Child torture. So the the what the term is for what they are going to be facing trial for is six counts of aggravated child abuse, Ooh. which is to say that it was not just like something like neglect. It was pointed and painful and violent and like was leading towards. Uh, I know, like in the the wording, it has something to do with. If you do something to a child that can cause long-lasting damage to them physically and mentally, it it goes up a bunch of levels, basically. Holy shit. So So it's not just denying them dinner. It's like beating them unconscious. Yes, basically. So there have been some huge changes since we did our last series on parasocial exploitation on this, which was just about exactly a year ago I went back and looked. And there are some things that have stayed tragically the same in that sphere. And then there are some things that have somehow escalated in a manner that is beyond words, uh, but horrific. And in almost all of these cases that we're going to be talking about, we're starting with the Frankie case, but we'll talk about some other ones that are still in the news. Um, the, the victims are almost always tiny, helpless children, uh, most often victimized by their own parents. So beyond their parents, they are being victimized by the corporate media companies that are allowing these sort of accounts to run. And they're being victimized by the laws that govern our cursed country. That's right. I mean, YouTube is a part of this. If they if they yes. knew what was happening and they allowed it to happen on their platform, you're throw them in the pot, too. Yeah. And one of his victims is connected with Chris Hansen now, and they're trying to make the the we've talked about this from the Kenzie as well on the stream trying to make the um, corporate entities responsible but it is this big uphill battle however I wonder if something like this can be added to that case saying like you know social media platforms are going to need to start being held accountable for this because we're relying on the parents to make these decisions and they're not doing it <laughs> right um so 
We talked about a handful of different family vloggers last year, and we gave a more, uh, I think we went more through, I would call it a, a historical timeline of how family vlogging happened. And like, how did we get here to this moment last time? But this time, I wanted to focus more on how truly sinister sinister this is for the, the children forced into this life. Um, and we won't be using names for the most part, but with Ruby... I'm going to be saying her name and I'm going to be using the adult children's names mostly because their family is so prevalent in the news at this point. It's not like I'm protecting her. Right. But like the little kids, let's leave their names out of it because yeah. now we're just adding we're we're the YouTube now. Yes. And, fi- and they're victim like they're the victims. And also it's I will I feel comfortable saying her name because their channel has completely been removed now. So they can't they can't be making money off of their children's faces anymore. And I don't even remember if I said Ruby's name last series, but I, I should probably check that. I don't want to drive more traffic to her content, but sh- that's gone now. But I will say that you can you can follow Ruby's story without seeing too much of the children at this point if you want to, because so many people, concerned people and reporters have gone out of their way to blur her children. I've seen that. That's great. Which is, I you know, what really nice, um, something that she didn't feel like she needed to do. Uh, so beyond that, again, her channel, which was called Eight Passengers, uh, is removed now from YouTube. Well, she removed it herself, actually. That, that's being misstated in the news a lot. She actually deleted her channel, not YouTube. Oh, was she just like, they could get me on these things? I kind of wonder. But then YouTube itself deleted connections, which we'll get into. Okay. The connection. Connect. Oh, with the X in the middle. Yes. So she must know in her heart of hearts what she's doing is bad. I definitely think she knows. If it. she deleted it. Oh, yeah. I think she knows. After these women were arrested, then YouTube pulled the channel down, right? Which, hey, that's a win. I'll take a win. But they're doing nothing about any of the exact same things happening on other channels, including the rest of Ruby's family. Oh, because they're also they're like a line of family vloggers. Ew! It's like if I come from a like a family of carpenters, yeah. and like my uncle's a carpenter, my father's a carpenter, but it's like my mom's a vomit vlogger. Yeah, my uncle's a father vlogger. Yes, yeah, that's what that's what the case is. Because yes, that not only is Ruby Frankie a mommy vlogger or was as a, as she's sitting currently in Purgatory Correctional Facility, and it is called Purgatory. Correctional facility. Wow. Um, That's also where Warren Jeffs was held for a time. Uh, So not only is she a vlogger, but in the vlogosphere, she has an entire family extension of family vloggers. So her parents have a channel. Her three adult sisters with their spouses and all of their children each have their own respective YouTube channels. Can you imagine just going over for Thanksgiving and just being like, I just want to have like some turkey and some cranberry sauce, sing some songs, and they like force a camera on you? Uh, Yeah, and you're probably doing takes. You're probably... (laughs) And there are more sinister accusations being thrown out, which we probably won't get to until the next episode, but about certain things happening in videos maybe being... Um, planned that were uh, another take imagine like a child and you get to blow out your birthday candles and they're like well, you didn't blow it out fast enough take again before you have cake honey you can't have cake until you blow out the candles right I would grow up to be crazy yeah I mean a lot of the kids are running from their homes when they turn 17 18 because of this so Ruby's married name is Frankie the rest of the family where she comes from you can think of their family operation as the extended Griffiths family YouTube dynasty. (laughs) So the Griffiths, that is her parents and her sisters, they are part of the 
LDS Church, which is yet again making an appearance on this show unintentionally. I'm not trying to single out LDS Church people, but they just keep showing up so many times on the show. And it's just like a surprise. It's like a weed, like a Mm -hmm. rotten weed in the ground. And you're like, all right, I pulled that one up. Mm -hmm. Let me go dig around over here and like treat these plants. And then you find out the weed is still in there. It's like under the whole ground. Yeah. Um, So this is another LDS community um, that's showing up on Spun. But Ruby's husband, Kevin, is uh, also uh, part of the church. So it's not just Ruby's family and he came in. He's also a member of the LDS and so is his extended family. And he's also a professor at Brigham Young University. So Ruby's husband, Kevin, is a professor at BYU, which is one of the only colleges practicing Mormons are permitted to attend. And he was also an active participant on this vlog. A lot of Kevin's basically right now after these arrests is sort of trying to portray himself as like the reason voice of reason. No, 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 no. He was very deeply involved in all of this shit. And I personally don't think he should be able to get custody of those kids. No. Um, So but he's not he didn't get arrested. He's not in jail at this time. Uh, Why didn't he get arrested? Well, we'll get into why. Um, It's a big, long story. But (laughs) he wasn't technically there in the home uh, because he was thrown out like last year. Oh, that's a big deal. That church doesn't do that. Right. You got to stick together. You got to endure. Yes. So unless you have a high enough, high up enough position, then you can literally do anything you want and just be like, but you can't. Right. Rules for the she kicked his ass out. Okay. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about Ruby's former family channel last year, and we don't have to go too deeply into what they were doing but I want to give a quick overview just as a refresher. And also, I know some people who are listening to this are really heavily following this case. And some people are like, I don't know who this person is you're speaking of. So I'm trying to strike a little bit of a balance there. Um, so Ruby and Kevin Frankie are the parents of six children. And beginning in 2015, Ruby began filming her family for YouTube content. Her channel which is very similar to most Utah mom-style content, shows a well-mannered, clean-cut, Bible-reading, blonde, white family who are just trying to make it all work. (laughs) That in in itself is pretty insufferable to me, uh, but there's a big market for it. And I bet, like, if your home is chaos, you can tune this, put this on, and it mellows you out. Yeah, and that that has been a a report from a lot of people um, who've spoken out since then that a lot of times the people who are watching this are minors and they might have a very chaotic or like harsh home life. And they watch this family as a sort of like a release or an escape and, and something to fantasize about, which is really a tragic because first off, the kids in these videos shouldn't be that shouldn't be their responsibility. And also it's not ever these channels are not real life. They, yeah. A lot of times to get this sort of image and look, as we've learned about the Duggars and so many other families, you have to do a lot of really dark, sinister things off camera to get your family to look that well-mannered because that's not how kids are. No. You just your brain is figuring stuff out. And so you're n- going to be a little nuts unless you are terrified into being like, hi. <laughs> Yeah, no one's naturally like that. It's like every Instagram couple that looks so perfect. Mm. And on like when you really get to know them, it's like, y'all fight 
every two seconds. Yeah. Instagram posts look so pretty. And that's okay, like, to fight and to be messy and stuff. That's not bad. Nobody's perfect, you know, um, or even close. Uh, and also, I find this kind of, uh, like, inane, just bland, we're just all, woo, we're going to the store. Like, I find it distur- like it's disquieting to me because I don't believe it, you know? Right. Um, but little kids obviously can't discern that. They were just watching it going like, wow, that must have a really fun, I wish I had this beautiful mansion. Not realizing the kids are, like, slave labored into making the money so that they could buy the house in the first place. God, this is like shopping malls in North Korea. Like every time you see a video and they're like, when an American comes in, because you got to like sign a visa, they got to know who you yeah. are. And they like quickly get the shopping store like set up and yeah, you yeah. can't buy anything. But yeah. It's all like clean and pretty. And you're like, I can't buy these pants. And you're like, no, it is. It really, those little, those, <laughs> those funnily vlogger channels are like little North Koreans in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because it's like a lot different when the um the cameras are off and there's no eyeballs. So, but you know, even though it's not for me, there's a big market, and that channel grew exponentially, just like a lot of the same LDS mommy vloggers is in a full corner market of YouTube. They are even there's alleged to be funded somewhat by the church itself because it's trying to get people to ease in, you know, basically be uh, like uh, gaslit into becoming LDS people, just being like, "Wow, this church is really cool." All oh, right, um, so. It, their channel ended up maxing out around two point something, I think 2.3 million Ooh. subscribers. And while this concept of filming your family 24-7 alone can be kind of creepy, eventually she started getting pushback from even people who don't necessarily rally against family vloggers for doing things like filming her daughter's first bra shopping experience and things that are like, you know, really inappropriate while simultaneously kind of chastising modern society for not being modest enough like the you know the 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 irony the like hip- hypocrisy of all of that uh you know a lot she did a lot of things she did a lot of things that people began to notice progressively seemed to be becoming more cruel and sometimes even sadistic as far as punishments go like on her channel openly so and it would seem like to escalate over the years and there was no exact reason for that at first. We Nobody really knew what was happening. Um, and a lot of the stuff she was doing at first was what Ruby and many, like, and many of her LDS cohorts would probably call just strict parenting. But a lot of people outside of that world would have already been like, this is kind of messed up. And But then it gets worse. Over yeah, years. it wasn't just like no TV after bedtime. Mm-hmm. It was like... No food. Yeah, withholding food, things like that. Yeah. Um, but it gets worse than that. It get, Don't worry. It gets worse. But don't, wait, there's more. But wait. <laughs> For a time, it seemed like she would just ignore people's criticisms and sort of laugh it off. But progressively, as the years go by from 2015 till now, there seemed to be a marked change in her attitude on camera. Whether this was because she was being altered by her public persona, like mentally, or she just began to pull the mask down, wasn't entirely clear, but probably is a little bit more clear now. What I will say is that Ruby's family member, her cousin, spoke to Law and Crime Network in basically this. So this after this arrest happened, Ruby's cousin went on to a big news network, um, but like voice altered on shadow to talk about 
this sort of cruel and unusual punishment is partway stemmed in the LDS doctrine. So some of the things that she did were practiced regularly in her family and her extended family and generations before her. That's what her her cousin's saying. Um, This like the sincerely cruel and unusual punishment is sort of systemic in the LDS church. So we'll get into the LDS church involvement later on. But Uh, there's also even beyond that. (laughs) I guess it's making you afraid. So when you get older, you don't question things. You don't say like, hey, how come the leaders have so much money and I have to give up so much of mine? Why am I hungry and you're well fed? Yes, that. And on top of it, one of the things that is even before vlogging, one of the most important parts of being an LDS member was perfectionism on the exterior. It was very important for everyone to look the same and healthy and well, quote unquote, in that they've always practiced food restriction. You you don't see a lot of people who are thicker in LDS because they encourage you to be very slim like things like that you have to be very quaffed you have to be put together at all times Stepford wives and so your kids to get your kids to behave like that requires um corporal punishment basically um so that just sounds like hell yeah people are they're they're so afraid of hell in the afterlife that they're living their life hell right here they are and that fear is being put into them by the heads of the church, not just LDS, but a lot of high control religions. So uh, as time passes, we see Ruby kind of spiraling on her channel. Her treatment of her kids is open, openly becoming more hostile and she starts to almost speak differently using buzzwords and speaking more about things like in a spiritual manner, but not in a healthy way, any sort of like. I'm doing this for the spirit of the, you know, spirits talking through me and this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's kind of progressively happening more over the years. That sounds like mental illness. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. There's lots of mental illness going that's on in here. fucking crazy. Yeah, definitely. Um, before we get into any details, many people, myself included, noticed many parallels between Ruby's behavior and that of recently convicted child murderer Lori Vallow, who is another member of another offshoot of the LDS Church. Though Lori Vallow was referring to people as zombies before she killed upwards of four to five people, and this is not a term that Ruby was using, she had begun using, Ruby herself had started using this phrase called, which is basically living in distortion. Living in distortion. Which is when you look at them side by side, the things that Lori Vallow was saying about people being zombies and the things that Ruby was saying about people living in distortion are really similar. And we find out later that Ruby was really close to killing her kids. Like they were they were on the, the verge of death, two of them. So there oh. and there's a really a lot of people have noticed this is not me coming up with this idea. Lori Vallow and, and Ruby Frankie having some similar traits and them also being raised in the same doctrine. And we find out just a couple years ago that one of Ruby's children, who is a young man now named his name's Chad. He's I'm using his name because he's no longer a minor. Cool name. Um yeah. Super cool dude. Is he cute? 
Um, I would say that most people would consider him handsome. Yeah. How old is he? I mean, he's in college. He's oh, old. too young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a young guy. Um, but he is he is what you would think of as a Chad. He's got like blonde hair. You know, just yeah. like tall blonde. Mormon dude. He looks perfect, but then you talk to him and he's like, yeah, my mom would beat me up. And you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. And there, we don't really, Chad has become completely removed from social media. So, um, you know, I'm not going to talk about him too much, but why I'm bringing him up is that a couple years ago, we find out that he has been seeing a therapist. Good. Mm. Not good. <laughs> oh, is it that crazy bitch you were talking about earlier? She just like looks like a swamp goblin, and I don't mean to criticize a woman's looks. No, but... it's 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 her insides coming out. It's not exactly. her face. It's her it's her countenance. Yeah, because there's some people that are classically like quote unquote attractive mm. on paper. You know, blonde hair, blue eyes, whatever. But there's something about her aura that you're like, yeah, Ugh. yeah for sure. Um, so, Chad. We we mentioned him last year, too, because he was one of the kids who had been singled out by Ruby in the past. And those behaviors of Ruby were she recorded them and uploaded them to her own YouTube. It was the the kid who it's her older son. And he was uh, he, he was, you know, getting in trouble. And he was the beanbag chair sleeping arrangement kid, all that. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, did you know there's a little pink pill? Wait, a what? A little pink pill? Did you say a little pink pill? Yes, the little pink pill. You definitely need to know about this. Are you for real? Just to be clear, you're telling me there's a little pink pill for me? That's right, the little pink pill. And it's called Addy, A-D-D-Y-I, or Flavanserin. Learn more about the little pink pill at A-D-D-Y-I.com. See full prescribing information and medication guide, including boxed warning regarding severe low blood pressure and fainting in certain settings at addy.com slash PI or call 844-PINK-PILL. Good news, ladies. There's more. Addy, the FDA-approved little pink pill, is also affordable and can be shipped directly to your front door. That's right. With insurance coverage, Addy is only $20 per month and $0 after month three. If your insurance doesn't cover Addy, there is still a discount program to get you the best possible price and get free shipping right to your door. So now's the time to ask your doctor about Addy. Learn more at Addy.com. That's A-D-D-Y-I.com. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. 
But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Real quick before we go further, I wanted to do a quick rundown of things that she had vlogged that had concerned people up until this point about three years ago. This is not by no means a complete list, but it I could talk for an entire episode about what she filmed that people were concerned by. Filmed a car accident. Filmed children melting down. Filmed intimate and embarrassing private information about their children, including medical information. Filmed herself depriving children of food multiple times. Filmed her daughter dangling off a ledge instead of helping her. Filmed herself not taking her daughter to the ER when her vision suddenly became blurry. Filmed her 11-year-old bra shopping for the first time, who was clearly uncomfortable and unwilling. Filmed her minor daughters trying on clothing she deemed inappropriate. Discussing which body parts were too exposed and proceed to upload to several million strangers, including undoubtedly multiple sex offenders, in order to make money. Jesus. So Mother I, of the year. I added the undoubtedly multiple sex offenders because we also mentioned this last year. She's one of the family vlog channels that ended up help making YouTube force their hand into changing their terms of service and like the way that they upload things because right. sex offenders and pedophiles and weirdos were clipping. They were time stamping certain things in her comment threads where... Basically, if there was a moment where a child was in a vulnerable position. Oh, like on a water slide and their legs are open or something. They would timestamp them to help each other out to find those clips. And that's why you can't post comments Mm because when you upload to YouTube now, it says, is it made for kids or not kids? And if it says kids, you can't comment. Yes. So it's she's one of the people who made that change happen, not because she wanted it, but but because she never stopped it. Because it was just rampant in her comment section. Yes. And she but when you don't delete comments it engages more people so she didn't care so youtube was forced they again probably against their will because it affects their income as well right they had to change some of those rules and so meanwhile she's talking about like modesty and being like and like being disgusted by like promiscuity yes how dare you but then she's like fine with pedophiles yes like lusting after her children yes that is disgusting and so another one of the things was her oldest son was doing some, quote, bad behaviors. And this was around 2020, uh, 2019, maybe. God, was he like chewing gum or something stupid? So we can only speculate. And I don't want to put this on this child, but there is a lot of pressure put on to LDS children about not having sexual feelings of any kind. Oh, and they equate, like, all sexual feelings are bad. So, like, lusting after a man and, like... But it's not even beyond just homosexual stuff because, obviously, oh, oh, who could could ever imagine? Yeah. Um, Even just, like, looking at a pretty lady in a magazine and, like, getting a boner. Yeah, and they would equate that as the same Mm -hmm. as sort of, like, 
raping a corpse because they're both sexual. Without saying those words, the leaders of the church have said exactly that. That they are, you might as well just like have sex with a dog if you're going to like get a boner from Playboy. Oh my God. That's kind of like drugs. Like when you grow up in a Mm. a home and they're like smoking weed, it's all bad. And then you start smoking weed and then you're like, wait a minute, that's not that bad. I guess I'll try crack now. Right. That is, it's a a huge issue. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Whatever he was doing that they de- deemed as, like, very bad behavior. Um, and one of the things that they openly said was that he pulled a prank on his little brother, uh, like a, a very tame brother prank. But that he's watching his mom do that. I mean, yeah. His sh- so he's learning from her and then he can't do it. That would mind fuck me so much. So because of these insane behaviors that this young man, he was a minor at the time, but mm-hmm. like an older teenager was doing. She started sending him to this therapist who is an LDS referred therapist. And it seems as though she had a lot of the hand in the um, these punishments he was getting, including the beanbag chair where he lost his room in their mansion. Um, he lost his bed in, her, in their mansion for seven months um, and also was sent to Anastasi Wilderness Camp, which is a whole other... Anastasi Wilderness Camp. I bet bad things went down there. Oh, yeah. It's not good. Is it one of those places where they're like, we're going to, like, fuck the Jesus back into you? It's the... it's Yeah, it's the basically one. It's, it's like, adjacent to the troubled teen industry. But it's right. an LDS-favored camp. Also really bad. Okay. Yeah. Oh, also, this is another weird thing that she filmed that's just completely a side note for me, but... There was something really haunting about this video she filmed many years ago at this point when her channel hit one million followers. Beyond the fact that she's filming herself while driving with her children in the car, <laughs> this video. Oh, uh, right. That's illegal, right? Uh, yeah. When the millionth subscriber hits and she's like holding her phone driving, filming herself, when it hits one million, she begins to like cry, laugh in a way that is so disturbing to me. Like, you know what it made me immediately think of for some reason? Do you know the mom in Requiem for a Dream where she's gone completely off of her, out of her mind? She thinks she's on a game show and yeah. she's like laughing. And da-da. that's, I don't know. That thought just came to my right. head randomly. I don't know. Just that sort of like, she lost like, it. <laughs> and this is about her getting a million subscribers while she's ignoring her children. In the back seats of the car. Oh, my God. Living with that all day in, day in, day out. And you can't get away because she, like, homeschooled her kids. She Well, the times she didn't homeschool her kids is another whole thing we talked about. But mostly they did homeschool. Yeah. There's a couple times where the kids went out, if you remember, the flow rider incident. Oh, she got so mad because her daughter danced <laughs> done to get low, get low. And it was, like, done tastefully. Yeah. And, yeah. like, done sort of – they didn't they didn't put the bad words in. We'll get to that part in yeah. a second. But – Regardless, we find out that, the, and when I say we, I mean the public, finds out this child was given no rights to privacy, this older minor boy in her family, Chad, even though he, what thing, one of the things that really just fucking infuriates me about all of that is that her punishment for him doing whatever he did was he, he gets no room, he gets no bed. And yet the only reason they, and they live in a mansion, there's plenty of bedrooms for him. And the only reason they have that mansion is because they are selling his privacy to the the public 
And they act as though he it's a privilege for him to get a room. Meanwhile, he's the one taking care of the family ultimately because they're not going to watch a channel with just Ruby. They're watching to see her children and God. she won't even let him have a bed. That's a, such an abusive relationship. And you see it time and time again when mm-hmm. it's like the person that's actually providing. Yeah. They're being lied to. And mm-hmm. like, you would be nothing without me. Nothing without me. And this is standard practice for um, a lot of, uh, you know, the parasocial exploitation that we're seeing. A lot of these kids don't understand the dynamic and don't realize that they are actually like the, the, the main provider of their family, even if they're being mistreated. Wow. When Chad grows up, I feel like he's going to bring a date over and he's going to have like a mattress on the floor and like a video game console on the floor and like no furniture. And she's going to be like, why? What's up? And he's like, actually, I was like abused as a kid. <laughs> it's going to be like a long, awkward conversation. And they're going to fuck on his mattress on the floor. I hope that it's fun. I hope they have a good time. Yeah. And I hope she puts in a full length mirror and she convinces him to decorate. Maybe maybe that will happen for maybe. him. He's in college right now, so you know, maybe he'll he'll uh he'll find some way out. I don't think he's in contact. We don't know. I don't want to speak for him cuz he's not public, but I not it's not clear if he's been in contact with his parents. Um so during all of this time, when all this stuff is happening to this kid, this therapist, this counselor he's seeing, we find out is a woman named Jody Hildebrand. She is, again, like I said, highly recommended in their church ward by the LDS elders, and she oversaw therapy for a lot of people in their community. And she was also known to be a couples counselor, which is hilarious because Jody Hildebrandt was only married for one year in her entire life and then was divorced, but she's like a couples counselor. God, it's like those people on the internet. They're like, let me tell you how to be an alpha male. Yeah. And it's just like you are a guy in an apartment yeah. with no wife. Yes, yes, pretty much. So beyond being this teen son's therapist, we learn over time that Jody has also been therapizing Ruby's adult brother, who does not have a, one, the only sibling in her family that does not have a YouTube channel, um, and also giving Ruby and Kevin, her husband, group couples therapy. So Jody Hildebrand has become a pretty normal therapist counselor inside of this family unit. And it's during this time we are also watching Ruby's outward persona change drastically. In 2020, there starts to be rumblings in the gossip mills that Ruby is having some disagreements with her extended family, who, again, are also public figures. Mm -hmm. This is 2020 and is obviously a time when a lot of people are having mental health issues. And I think for initially it was sort of a deep cut rumor that only like fucking weirdos like me were covering family vlogging even know about. Right. But eventually it comes to light that she is in no, no longer in communications with any of her vlogging sisters. There are three of them to reiterate. So right around this time, Jody Hildebrandt, on her side, creates this account called Connections. With an X in the middle. It is an attempt at being clever. It sounds uh, very Elon Musky of them. Yes, it is. So maybe Elon took inspiration from Jody maybe. Hildebrand. Connections. So do you think this therapist might have like made this lady even more crazy? Yes. 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 Very definitively. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, so the Connections Instagram account and the YouTube account popped up right around the same time. The Connections 
YouTube has been pulled down, like we said. But as of this recording, the Connections Instagram account is still active. And the first post that is there is from February 23rd, 2020, just right alongside COVID, man. (laughs) I saw the comments. They were like, I hope you like go to jail. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So even before all of this arrest stuff happened, there was really no positive uh, comments on her accounts at all. It's not like people are really into this or anything. But... So, again, th- she starts this connections thing. She's been a counselor for – I think she graduated from uh, BYU in, like, 2001 maybe, mm-hmm. um, something like that. Um, but she just started connections around 2020. All of her first posts on the connections Instagram account are that sort of, like, basic bitch, like, pastel slides with the little, mem- you know, things, advice and little inspirational quotes and things like that. They can't be evil. It's in pink. Right. Then after a few months of her posting, she starts to focus more on her couple's counseling uh, focus. Like basically her account becomes more about couples counseling and how to be like effective parents and being in, in, and it never says LDS anywhere, but these are specifically only LDS people involved with her because she's also LDS. Mm-hmm. So as she's in, introducing all these couples counseling, couples retreat style programs on her social media, all of these LDS couples start appearing on her grid, on her Instagram account, being like a part of her community doing these things and like showing what their group therapy does and all that. Among these are Ruby and Kevin Frankie, one of many couples that is being shown. Jody is hosting all of these women's seminars and men's retreats. And I should mention to you that all this is happening in the mass COVID deaths <laughs> in the late 20 summer of 2020. They're just, you know, no, not not for LDS people, just business as usual, having all these group get togethers and shit as there are right. just like like trucks of corpses on the outside of hospitals. So this is all happening in the summer, late summer of 2020. This form of controlling family dynamics is especially sinister because the facade that they put on, just like many high control religions, soft colors, huge smiles and their laughter. They're like put on laughter. And all the while, you you don't notice it at first. It's so insidious. But Jody is offering the most deranged, horrific advice. Advice is a weak word. It's like almost threats. Oh. Threats about what you need to do if you don't want to like be burning in an eternal flame. Ah. Oh. But not saying it like that. But it's all just like, ha, 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 la, 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 Just like couples like hiking together. But she's just saying like the most horrific shit. You got to have sex with your husband or you're going to blow up in hell. Kind of. So, again, we're talking around August 2020. And though Kevin was not arrested in these crimes that just happened, the, the arrest from just a couple weeks ago, at the time of 2020, Kevin is heavily also involved with the connections. It's couples. All of them are doing this together. Y'all, I got to tell you, the hours of complete drivel that you have to listen to, to in order to break this timeline down, I, it's, there are few people I dislike on a human level more than Jody Hildebrand and Ruby Frankie. <laughs> they, they are really what I, as a white woman, fear becoming more than almost 
anything. Oh, I don't think you will. It's just that it, it is the thing that is the worst of white women. You know what I mean? Like, right. That like, you know, obviously they had all this horrific abuse, but their sense of entitlement and arrogance and the self-martyrdom is it's a thing of my nightmares. Like, and like rules for you, but not for me. And I get to do what I want. Yeah. And their voices are just like a cheese grater on your skin. I just it's so scary to me. I don't I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be that way either. Ugh, how do we do this, Natalie? I don't know. Anyway, this goes on for another year with all of these couples on this account showing their incredible you know, transformation and healing that they're going through with Jody Hildebrandt. But as Ruby and Kevin are being involved with this organization, Connections, their personalities are changing on their own channel. And people are kind of questioning it. Like, you know, this is when we're starting to see the harsher punishment show up on their, their family channel. Oh, it's a disease. It's a mind disease. So... Like, Ruby was never nice or likable at any point in the history of her channel. <laughs> but she's becoming kind of increasingly erratic on her channel during this time. People are finding from this are finding their way over to the Connections accounts because she is mentioning Jody. She is mentioning Connections on her family channel. And people are, like, looking it up and going, like, wait, what is what is this? Even conservative people who follow the Frankies are like... I don't know if this is the, the the move. Yeah, tell me more about what they say in Connections. Let's get into that a little bit. So one of the first huge pushbacks that Ruby and Kevin get from their audience occurs on their old family channel at Christmas time of 2021 because they put out these videos where they say they've decided that they're giving their two youngest children the, quote, gift of truth for Christmas. Fuck that. I want a fire truck. <laughs> that is to say, what they say in these videos is that the older four children will be receiving for Christmas presents, while the two younger, who I believe were seven and nine years old at the time, would be sitting and watching and be given no presents. Fuck them so hard. So perhaps unshockingly, but extremely tragically, these were the same two children who were just found bound, bleeding, and starving just a couple weeks ago. So these two children that they they removed from Christmas are the two kids that were they were they were close to death when they were found. So they got the worst of it. It sounds like there is there is a pattern. Um, I don't. I'm not obviously a, a specialist in this, but I know that there is a, a term for it. But a lot of times. Abusive families will single out or choose specific children. Black sheep, yeah. Who get all of the abuse and the other kids have a normal childhood. And I think all of these kids suffered, but it does seem like Ruby and probably Jody really narrowed in on the two youngest children. You know what? I bet they saw that those two kids were creative and their own little thinkers. I bet early on, because your personality develops pretty early on, I bet they saw, oh, these people are like a little more independent. They're kind of creative. They want to think for themselves. So usually that's who the people get the the black sheep. They get the, the most punishment. It's quite possible. It's hard to say without getting inside of the very terrifying heads of Jody and Ruby.
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, did you know there's a little pink pill? Wait. A what? A little pink pill? Did you say a little pink pill? Yes, the little pink pill. You definitely need to know about this. Are you for real? Just to be clear, you're telling me there's a little pink pill for me? That's right. The little pink pill. And it's called Addy. A-D-D-Y-I. Or Flavanserin. Learn more about the little pink pill at addyi.com. See full prescribing information and medication guide, including boxed warning regarding severe low blood pressure and fainting in certain settings at addy.com slash P-I. Or call 844-PINK-PILL. Good news, ladies. There's more. Addy, the FDA-approved little pink pill, is also affordable and can be shipped directly to your front door. That's right. With insurance coverage, Addy is only $20 per month and $0 after month three. If your insurance doesn't cover Addy, there is still a discount program to get you the best possible price and get free shipping right to your door. So now's the time to ask your doctor about Addy. Learn more at Addy.com. That's A-D-D-Y-I.com. At Amica Insurance... We know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. When this happened in 2021, you know, getting not getting presents isn't the worst thing on earth. It's not going to kill a child. There are much worse things. But I think a lot of mental health professionals and if you're out there listening, please feel free to correct me or agree or disagree or whatever. That I think a lot of people would say that perhaps removing presents from just two of the six children, especially the youngest, would be a form of psychological damage. Right. It would be traumatic. You are bad. You don't get things. And then when they become an adult, they're like too afraid to ask for things. Mm -hmm. That these two very small children who probably still believed in Santa are being told that they are so bad and evil that Santa said they couldn't get any presents and that their older siblings could. Um, So these are the videos that were put out. There's one first that's put out by Ruby. The two youngest are showing long patterns of selfishness. They have been showing um, through their choices, their unwillingness to repent, their unwillingness to feel sorrow over some pretty egregious choices that they've made. Um, So Kevin and I have decided that we are going to give the gift of truth to them this year for Christmas. We are we're going to give them the gift of boundaries and we're going to give them the gift of repentance. We let them know how 
deeply sorrowful we've been because of the choices that they've been making. And we told them that this year they are not going to be visited by Santa. We, we let them know that the Christmas morning, their four older siblings will be getting Christmas presents to open and that they will have the gift of love from their dad and I, because we want them to really have a visceral experience that hits them. So up until now, I was really hoping that like keeping them home from school and wiping the floorboards would like really bring pain. Like, like, oh my gosh, I really want to change this behavior that I've been exhibiting. <clears throat> and it didn't, it didn't, they, like, it wasn't painful for them. They're like, oh yeah, we get to stay home from school and clean floorboards. This is kind of fun. It's like, ah. So, you know, they've had these visceral experiences, uh, you know, and they haven't, they haven't affected them. It's because they're so numb. And so the more numb your child is, the greater experience, the, big, the bigger the outcome, they need to wake them up. <laughs> you need some real leverage. And the biggest leverage that a little child has is probably Santa Claus. If, you'll, if you hear her when she talks, like, she brings up a lot of words like pain. Yes. It's suffering when she's talking about her kids. It's seven and nine years old. And yet she was like, oh, they're um, they're being like, oh, I get to stay home from school and yay, clean the floor. They're trying to make a, a positive thing out of something bad that you have done to them. And she's mad that they're not hurting. She's literally openly saying that. She's upset that they're not feeling pain. Oh, she wants them to grow up and be like sour, dull, awful, negative adults. Like her? Like her. <laughs> um, so... That post had a very negative reaction to it. So even though most of uh, Ruby's followers are not following the connections page, which is where that was posted, they found it because they all a lot of these people have uh, parasitic relationships with their children. And so that was a very upsetting right. to hear. It got a terrible backlash. And so after that, the connections, which was not getting a ton of traffic before then, because nobody wants to hear this, these women prattle blah 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 um not like us where we are very interesting <laughs> but um so then they put a video up of kevin responding which i'll p play a little bit of for you right now these definitions of what love and tenderness look like i watch all these christmas shows that that i used to just love because i feel all warm and fuzzy and this year i watch them and i'm like oh gross because warm and fuzzy in the show is always about at the end, the, the, the kid just got whatever they wanted. And the world has this message and, and society has bought into it. Hook, line and sinker. Love looks like the magical Christmas and the magical Christmas is more, more, more. That's love. If you love your children, that's what you're going to do. The, the focus has been removed entirely from what love really is. What about that, the spirit of, of the savior at Christmas time? I would argue that if he had the choice to be, the savior that is, if he had the choice to be in that big room with all those presents or in that little room with that family that has, a, I don't know, a bowl of porridge and, and nothing, he would be in that little room. and and. The greatest gift that I could have received, going back to my experiences that I shared as a child, would have been an outcome 
a Christmas just like the one Ruby described, where I had all of those fears and dis- all of those distractions taken away, and I was forced to come face to face with the fears that I had. That would have been loving. That would have been tender. What he says, Amber, just so, for your information, is I realized it's not my job to make Christmas magical experience for my kids. It's to teach them, like, selflessness, but in a way that is so hypocritical. Like, he he and his wife are completely materialistic. Yeah. They have a mansion. They have, you know, a million outfits, all this stuff. But then he's like, I realized, uh, you know, basically saying I realized through connections that things that I used to enjoy at Christmas time are actually really evil. Um, What is this about stripping away all joy? I guess because the only joy comes from the church. That and also I we'll get into Jody a lot more next week. But um, I do just think Jody takes pleasure in hurting people. I think she's really sadistic, sadistic person. Um, So that I, I know you can't believe this, but people did not immediately go, oh, we get it now. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, no, they were upset. And so, like, people are very upset. Uh, there's very, just on top of all of this, like we said before about the older son, we'll get into uh, Jody's belief system, but it's very likely that these two little children had not done anything terrible, like at all. And even if they had at that age... If it was so bad, that it would signify like a mental health issue, you, not to discipline that. If it was something so scary, like, you know, they found her with a knife or something. Yeah. That's a mental health crisis. That's not you need to punish them for that. But I don't even think it was anything like that. Whatever it is, it's disgusting the way that it was handled. And it was definitely at the, uh, you know, instruction of Jody. Did they film the kids crying on Christmas, like opening up the gifts and the two gets, kids not getting it? <laughs> I think they didn't at this. You know, if they hadn't gotten the backlash, I bet you they would have filmed it. Yeah. Um, like, it's it's just incredibly cruel. And also another point, if, if you're so concerned with consumerism and materialism, why not have no Christmas for anyone and go make them all volunteer? Yeah, it's which, cruel. Yeah, which is like also terrible. But to just uh, like alienate your two tiny little kids who don't even understand why this is happening. Like they're not going to process why they're not getting toys. Like th- they're just going to think that they're bad people. Oh, I'm guessing that this cult, and I'm going to call it a cult, yeah. they don't think childhood is a thing. I'm going to guess. No. That you're just like a, an a adult in a tiny form. And in, in e- even as far as like extended into the LDS world, you have to decide if you're going to be bound to be an LDS member for m- and millennia, like beyond your life for ev- ever and ever and ever at eight. So you have to make that decision then. And what eight-year-old is going to go, like, who is the autonomy to be like, actually, I don't know if I'm getting a full, well-rounded scope of, like, all of my options out there. Especially if they've been homeschooled and they've only been around LDS people. And all of their family's already there and what, they're not going to go to, like, eternity with their family and live in happiness. And what happens if they they were to say no? You get... Uh, kicked out? Yeah, I mean, there. No, I don't think kids ever said no. no so I don't even know. Can't say no. Um, it's the very similar age to Scientology too, where they treat kids around seven, eight years old as grown-ups. So even outside of this really disturbing sect of LDS doctrine, which Jody is putting out, it's mm-hmm. 
not that much better in mainstream LDS, in my opinion. It's weird because grownups also have autonomy. Mm-hmm. So if you're treating me like an adult, I can say no. I can say fuck off. I can do it, but I'm not allowed to do that. No, no, no. So I'm a kid only when it benefits you. Yes. Fuck them, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said like even their voice, like she just sounds really constrained around around the jaws, just like I'm holding back rage. Oh, sh- always, always, always. And, and he just sounds so sloppy in the brain. Ah, me and my boys, we're gonna go to the beach. Very self assured. Very confident in their words. Very stupid, in my yeah, opinion. Very stupid. Um, I don't like them, Natalie. No, and I'm proud of you for not liking them. <laughs> I, I support your journey. Um, so you'll hear Ruby talking about suffering a lot. Like I said, she loves the words pain, hurt, repentance, beat, Ugh. words of violence when discussing love for her children. Does she hate herself? Is that why she's doing this? Definitely. But she also, I think. My guess is that she loathes herself, but also deeply resents parenting. I think she never wanted these kids. Right. I think she wanted the attention that the kids brought, but I don't think she wanted to raise these children. I think she despises having to raise them. Do you think it's because maybe she was told her whole life, like, you'll be blessed and you'll be rewarded if you submit and find a husband and shut up and whatever. And then she got older and found out that that didn't happen. And mm-hmm. it actually got harder when you did that. Yeah. She got angry. And instead of like breaking chains and getting a Corvette and flying off in the distance, she just fucking doubled down. Yeah. I think that there, there's probably some truth in there somewhere. The, the love, the truth, moms of truth. That's what they call themselves. Moms of truth? Mm-hmm. Like they're in the army? Yes. So all of this stuff with the violence while discussing love is straight from the Jody Hildebrandt playbook. It's also not that unusual in, in religiosity and like religious fanaticism that you get closer to God in, in hurting yourself. Ew, like flagellation. Yeah, but it, then it's a whole other layer of dark. And when you project that concept onto children, your own children and other people's children who have no one but you to protect them. And that's where you're deciding to put that energy. So these children, these poor kids have not only spent every waking moment of their lives, the youngest ones the, the, one of the first videos for her family channel was the gender reveal of her youngest. So she was born on camera, has never seen anything other than that until she was pulled from camera, at which point she was hum- tortured physically. So her entire life has been just exploitation and humiliation and pain, like this little girl. And and the, the brother, too, who was also in this circumstance. I mean, he was barely alive whenever they started the channel too so i truly hope and pray to their precious god that neither of these women see freedom for decades i really really hope because that would be just the grand irony of all of jody very obviously latching on to ruby to gain access to her followers because she wanted money and power even though by the way jody was already extremely wealthy it's just, I need more, I need more. I need more, I need more. Is she in jail too? Yeah. Send them all to hell. Yeah. Not only that, they were denied bail twice, which is, if you haven't murdered somebody, uh, somebody on our stream who was an attorney said that's really uncommon if it's not like that. So the 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 crimes against the kids were so terrible that they wouldn't let either woman get out. I mean, one of the kids, they wouldn't have never found out, but one no. of the kids, didn't they have to run to the neighbors? Yeah. And they were like bleeding 
and yeah. starving. Yeah, and we'll talk about this deeper, but no form of an adult saved these kids. That little boy saved himself and his siblings. He did it. A 12-year-old had to escape and beg for help from the neighbors. That's got to be. I mean, making the choice to, to go into the unknown is sometimes the scariest thing because you don't know what it is. It's easier to stay in an abusive relationship because at least I know who's going to abuse me. To say, I'm going to step out by myself. You don't know who's going to abuse you. You don't know what the world's going to be like. Yeah. It's jumping off a cliff. For sure. And I also think that, uh, God, I don't want to like get teary, but I do think that kid knew he was dying. Yeah. I think that kid knew he was... He was. He probably he knew his sister was dying, too, and he yeah. felt, as an older brother, I've got to protect her. Probably. Um, so, ugh, ugh. I know. I want to take a shower. So, when she did, when Jody did start getting attention from Ruby's followers, it was outrage, not interest, that these followers were showing. I think Jody... And I'll give you my theory on why I think she thought this, but I think Jody thought that she was going to be revered. <laughs> and what happened instead were people were horrified. And it was the most attention publicly that she'd ever received. Because she's used to her little LDS group. But they're yes. like, great job, Jody. Great job. Thank In her you. echo chamber. Yes. So this was a whole new level for her. And I think she was shocked. So after these two videos came out, and again, this is Christmas 2021, Jody makes a response to these Christmas videos. And it is... 10 minutes long and I <laughs> woo it took me many times to get through it all the way cuz it is insufferable but I'm going to pull, pull like clips. I think that's one of the things cults do is they like to drone on and on and on mm-hmm. and you don't really they don't really get to the point and you don't know what's going on so then you just kind of like accept it yeah i mean i think that's true yeah I was deeply deeply saddened by um some of the comments that have been made on um our social media platform in a reactionary measure to talking about truth and distortion. And for those of you who decided to be aggressive and mean and use foul language and be attacking, um, all of those people would be choosing to live in distortion. I have dedicated my life to truth and truth has been hated since the beginning of time. Since Adam and Eve, truth has been hated. So it doesn't surprise me that distortion is attacking truth. And those of you who have been mean and aggressive and hateful in your comments, you are the reason why there's so much distortion in the world, because you keep perpetuating it. It's really clear by some of the comments that have been made that these children or these young adults don't feel empathy for people. And so... They don't even know me, and they've attacked me personally. They've sent messages of, I'm going to you know, destroy you. I'm going to attack your, your Google reviews. I'm going to hurt you if you do not do what I tell you to do. That is all distorted behavior, and it's coming from a place of incredible selfishness. If you would be willing to humble yourselves and be curious about why they're doing what they're doing, you could watch this video and they would explain exactly why they're doing what they're doing. Respond to another question, is this going to cause childhood trauma? So the reality is that there's nothing traumatic about this experience other than people's hateful, mean, aggressive, foul language coming towards this this lovely family. That's traumatic. What's going on inside their home is that principles of truth are being taught. So essentially all that she says in this 10 minute video, I'll have to like 
Her voice is like, record it. it's okay to beat your children. Beat them all. She, the, the crux of this video is her saying, I'm the victim in this. Those little kids aren't the victim. I'm the victim. I can't believe how much you would all hurt me like this. You cause me this pain by being hateful. That's what a narcissist does or a manipulator mm-hmm. is uh, they feel like their abuse, it's just as bad to call them out on the abuse than it is for what they've done. Um, yes. Uh, I almost am tempted to keep playing that video because la- as I'm going, it's just me going, shut up. Shut your fucking mouth. I mean, you should. <laughs> Natalie originally had um, a clip of, if she forgot it, also recorded her audio. So you should put a little bit in there if you've been like, shut up. I mean, I will. I'll probably go through. It's I'm just funny. List, trying my hardest to get through this 10 minutes just being like, shut the fuck up. Because it is just heart rambling. Um, she's the victim, however. That's the crux of that. So it's this point in my opinion, that things begin to get really squirrely in this community. At, at least publicly, this is when things begin to like really get out of control. It's not how long it's been privately going out of control. It's been a lot, lot longer than, than this. Um, and, and when we go into Jody's horrific past, we'll find out that she's been, I'm comfortable saying, a monster for a very long time, maybe her whole life. Oh, do you think she was abused as a child too? Probably, and we'll talk a little bit about her her childhood, but she has victims that go back from decades. Holy shit. Like bad, bad, like bad. So I guess I will say the brightest side of this is Natalie and I, because we don't have these victims, maybe we're not going to be these horrible bitches (laughs) later on. I hope so. I mean, you look at my past, I've done some cunty things, like said, I'll help you move and I don't go, you know, but I don't have victims. (laughs) No, we're much more of the like self-destructive kind right. of gals. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in this moment, when Jody has the spotlight on her, both she and Ruby begin to progressively devolve into something. I don't know, Monsters? man. Yeah, it's sludge. Some kind of sludge. Is go- they don't know what to do with this. Do you think they were lesbians together? I mean, people speculate on this. I would never say, but there is a lot of history of Jody latching onto the wives of these couples and ending the marriages of these LDS people. I'm going to guess that she gave the wife the first orgasm she's ever had, and that's what makes the wife so attached to this woman. We don't like speculating on sexuality. We're not supposed to, but a lot of people get <laughs> a lot of people make some some thoughts, and beyond that. Um, People who are very close to Jody, who we'll talk about, also say that she hates men, like hates them. And she wants to destroy men in general, I- including women have said this, not just guys. But she Whoa. has ruined a lot of men's lives. We'll talk about some of her victims. I bet she is a lesbian and then gives these women cum sessions. And then they're like, you know what? And that's why she's so mad about her kids. And she's like, I didn't have to have kids this whole time. I could have been licking pussy. Maybe. You know, it's a theory. <laughs> Um, so for the first half of the year 2022, Kevin Frankie is still showing up alongside Ruby in these connections videos. But then around June, suddenly Kevin's not in the videos anymore. Not only that, but eight passenger stands are also noticing that in their social media and stuff, they're not finding Kevin anywhere. That's really weird. But beyond even that... 
even though the eight passengers channel is still up at this point, their last video posted was in January of 2022. So the channel's still up. She's still monetizing all the videos, but she's not making new content. So at the beginning half of 2022, it's just she's just basically being active on connections and her own social media. And the last appearance I could find of Kevin on the connections connections page is in May of 2022 when he posts a video of himself standing before the kids school board in relation to the now infamous video of Ruby we talked about last year, one where she has a public meltdown and records a video in her car about the horror that her middle school aged child would be fulfilling a gym credit by dancing to an edited version of Flo Rida's 2007 banger from the soundtrack Step Up Two to the Streets, Low, a song that Ruby had never heard before. But when she saw those lyrics to that song, whew, she could not handle it. That song is on at Marshall's. Nope. No, you don't get it. Okay. You're an you're indoctrinated by the devil. Kevin's last video on Connections Instagram is him defending what his wife basically did to the school board and him defeating the evils of Boots with the Fur and all that is apple bottomed by strongly reprimanding that school board for them playing that song. God, so that you- is the last time he shows up in any of their social media do you think the school board was just rolling their fucking eyes like oh they you know every person at the top of that school knows the frankie parents and they're just like fucking ruby's coming in again man and i was like fuck yeah they're just like all right like just like have a mental like take a breather we're all gonna have a meeting with ruby again no (laughs) yeah and they sort of like thank god she pulled her kids out of homeschool Sadly, probably initially that was relief to them, but now we know that was the probably the worst day of those kids' lives, you know. So basically after that last video, there's a couple more slides of, of him in picture form, but after June, no one there's no sign of him on the connections social media. So is he just like on tender, sleeping on a mattress on the floor? Well, at first nobody knows. So he's not really saying anything. Nobody's really responding about it. Like, you know, they're basically ignoring it. And by this point in 2022, all of these other couples are gone now. There's nobody. It's just two are left. Ruby and Jody. The rider dies together till the bitter end. God, they are secret lesbians. But she's done this with other women before. But nobody who had a social following like this. You know what I mean? So this last video that they posted on their family channel is another really dark aspect, which is the last video they posted on January 2nd, 2022. It was the video of the baptism of the girl who was found near death. So their last video is this little girl's baptism. That is horrifying. And I swear to you, when I just watched that video because it had been re-uploaded by somebody, um, I just watched it for this this episode, and it was the first time I've truly watched video of the children's faces without blurs. Like, I didn't really know what most of them look like until today. So you can follow this without having to look at the kids, mostly. How are the kids? Are they just, like, Ugh. like not even there? Like, nothing behind the eyes? So, like, 
you have to take this with a grain of salt because I, watching it, I'm already, I don't have... A, You're biased. A, uh, yes. I don't have a good taste in my mouth for baptisms and all that stuff. But I have to say, her, her children look so beaten down in these videos. I, I really think it's not just my bias. I, I do think that you're watching them. At, because at this point in 2022, at the beginning, they're already definitely experiencing physical abuse. And you can see their faces. They they look exhausted. They look completely like beaten Ugh. out of any joy. Like even just standing there, mm-hmm. you're taking up too much space. Yeah. There's this um, scene in the video where they're all singing because it's like a baptism. So it's like all that shit. And it's just them. They look dead. Like they're just singing. It, it's very spooky. Um, and it's just so sick to plaster this idea of wholesomeness on top of it. So they're just like... Ruby shows up in this video talking about how proud and explaining how condescendingly what baptisms are and why the when you get that you're like a better person like she thinks so highly of herself and just knowing in that same moment she's like torturing her children it, it's just it's sickening um so during this time period, we're learning through the grapevine that Ruby has fully become isolated from her entire family so when it just ends up connections is now just Jody and Ruby. It's not just that the husband's gone, her sisters, their siblings, like all everybody in her extended family, nobody's speaking to her anymore. She has completely been cut off. So Jody's like the final boss of abusers. Like she takes the abuser and is like, you gotta get rid of your whole family. Basically. Um even though, like, I have some strong feelings about her sisters. some people are are saying that everybody's being too harsh on Ruby's sisters, but they basically are doing the same thing to their kids. Yeah, I mean, they just don't have too. connections right. in their lives, but they're doing the same exploitation stuff to their kids. I don't know. We don't. OK, so we don't know a lot at this point. but We do learn and we're going to wrap this up soon because there's so much information. And I want to get into Jody a little bit more and then the events leading up to the arrest next week. Yeah, but, I'm so excited to hear Jody's story. Ugh. Jody's turn. Yeah, it's not good. Um, so. At this point, around summer of 2022, we do learn that Ruby's eldest daughter, who I will name because she's a young adult and has actually been one of the people leading the cause to get her mother arrested. Holy shit. Her name is Sherry. Sherry turns 18 and she moves out of the house to go to BYU in the fall of 2021. And she begins to post on her social media in a way that suggests perhaps she's kind of like going her own way. She's not under the control of her parents anymore. And she's happy about that. She shows she is still connected to her family right around until Christmas of 2021, which is, again, the time when they uploaded the videos about the little kids not receiving presents. Right. After that point, Sherry does not post any more of her being with her family. It's almost like she's kind of distancing herself. And then sometime during mid-2022, she publicly announces that she is she is not in contact with her parents anymore. So right around the time when her father's moving out, Sherry talks about later on in some podcast that that was a right around the time that she kind of pulled away too. She felt like the chaos of the parents separating was allowing her to then just like kind of like in the background be like, okay, I'm also going by. Oh, right. Because you see it happen once. You're like, oh, I forgot I could like yeah. walk away from this. Yeah. So she completely disconnects from her parents. So Sherry is 
I'm very proud of her. She's still completely tied up in the LDS church, but um, she's much more grounded and sane. And we'll talk about her role in getting her mom in jail, which has to be, even if she wants that to happen, that's got to be the toughest spot to be in your head. Like, yeah, putting, knowing, you know, putting your own mom I mean, in you jail. were inside her womb for nine months. Yeah. And now you have to be like, go to jail? But I think... In in the end, I think she really is grateful probably because as many parentified children, the eldest daughter, she raised her kid, the the siblings a lot. So she knew that her her siblings were in danger and that nobody was doing anything about it. So I think she's really thankful um, her mom's in jail, but it's got to be so hard. Let's 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 wrap here because there's a lot more and uh, that was a lot of con- information to consume. I think at once it was it was a real roller coaster ride, Natalie. Um, you know, I'm excited to hear about this Jody f- lady. I'm so sad to hear about those two kids that ran away. The brother that had to save himself because he probably knew in his heart of hearts he was dying, and to save his sister. Yeah. Um. Fuck this Ruby lady. I'm glad she's in jail, and I'm so sad that her daughter, even though thankful that her daughter is like getting helping her mom getting jail could like get her off the streets but yeah. sad for the daughter yeah so sad for all the kids you yeah. know i have no pity for the husband i actually think he should be also yeah he sounds awful yeah i, I hope he doesn't get custody of them even though i know it's traumatic i know the kids it's not fair to the kids but he's not a safe parent in my opinion i don't think he makes good decisions that's just my call but i'm just gonna end this episode by saying my my opinion even before jody it's pretty clear that ruby hated raising her children like we were talking about her resentment in her videos radiates from her body punishment cruelty she does not want to care for these kids they they are a they are the bane of her existence in many ways her was, uh, like, and this is why, to me, the pressure to have children, have a family, especially inside of conservative religion, is so insidious because it's so clear to me that Ruby wanted a different life for herself, but this was the option she was provided. And she was only about 20 when she got married, maybe even 19, and she was doing what was told of her. And I'm not making any excuse for Ruby, but there is such a pressure to conform and child abuse is rampant in these communities because not everybody should be a parent, and that's okay. That's okay. It's just people at the top, and especially they, with six kids, like so many. It, kids. It's the pressure to also have as many as possible, and and that is in itself fucking. I well, these kids. I mean, it's more money for the church. It's more followers. Be fruitful and multiply. Mm. I mean, the government even tells women to have kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but let's worry more about what's going to happen after the kids are born, you know? Let's maybe think about that a little bit. Yeah, quality know. instead of quantity. Exactly. It's Because we're still working off of work ethic from like, um, God, what was that time period where they built all the factories and shit? Industrial Revolution. Industrial Revolution. Like, we're still kind of on that model, and we don't need all these people working in factories. There's no. literal robots doing the job. I would argue we should try to get people to not have to do, like, back-breaking labor to yeah. survive. And maybe, um, oh, sorry, maybe like women all over the world choosing not to have children. It's a worldwide phenomenon of the birth rate falling. Mm-hmm. Maybe women are tapping into some spiritual information that these men in power aren't privy to. And that's, there's too many people. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. And I don't want a kid. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not arguing with you, lady. That's right. for sure. Um, But, you know, 
not not anti kid. Just have kids if you want. I mean, All kids right. are great, but yeah. yeah, have kids if you want. That's it. I gotta go. Yeah, We're saucy, and crazy. Bye. Kevin and Ruby have several of their children, two of their children in particular, have been making choices that have been very, very selfish. And when someone starts becoming selfish, they don't feel empathy for people any longer. Repentance of being willing to turn from their ways and go back to God. They are offering them the gift of empathy. Oh my God, they spend many, many hours talking to their children and helping them understand the why it is that, that these boundaries are being set. Shut the fuck up. And those of us who have lived on the planet longer than 30 years, you know, back at my grandma's time, they got an orange. That was all they what? got for Christmas. Shut the fuck up. And they were so grateful. I hate you so much. We have I a society you. now, and much of it's being driven Fucking by people orange. who are under 30, other people who are being affected by their behavior. Oh. So that last one, your children always go through a selfish stage. Why are they things? doing this Please know that truth has always been attacked, and we're ready and, and willing to um, stand and hold that line. And those of you who want to learn about oh, truth, you're so brave. And learn how to your children inside oh. truth and create lovely beings that live in truth and, and have joy, then come follow us at the beginning of 2022. Merry Christmas, and we will be seeing each other soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.